welcome back to Fearless as Fuck the Podcast. I was just getting my jitters out because it has been a few months since we've been, since we've been back and really excited to be back here. Um, we have a brand new guest on the show and it is our first male guest on the show. No, I was not discriminating, but if you've been listening to this podcast originally, we started it with women empowerment, but what I've realized over the course of all of this is it's not just women who need to share their story, and I really wanted to open it up to a bigger, diverse group of people to share things that they've been through. And today I brought someone on who I just met in one of my new boxing classes at Rumble in Henderson, Las Vegas, or Henderson, Nevada. Uh, shout out to Rumble. This is my new friend, Julian. What up? What up? I am very excited to have you here, not only because you are my first male guest, but because your story from the brief, brief, brief little snippets that I've heard has really tugged at my heartstrings. Um, so for those of you who don't know, when I went into this class, I went into boxing originally as like a therapy a long time ago. And when I found Rumble, I was like, okay, this is a really good way to kind of relieve some stress, also kind of get out of like the bodybuilding mentality and into something a little bit different. And what I really enjoyed about Rumble was that it's a community vibe for one. And two, there's a lot of messages that are shared in their classes that really talk about inner strength, um, using class to not only find your strength, but to figure out maybe some of where your weak spots are and to channel all of that energy, maybe that pain into purpose, essentially. And Julian shared a little snippet about what he went through on his own journey. And I found myself in tears in class and realized that it kind of resonated with me. So I asked him to come on the podcast to share his story. So I want to give him a chance to introduce himself because he has a lot of accolades that I'd love him to talk about. Well, first and foremost, um, I'm going to give you credit for pain into purpose one time in my class. After that, it's mine. <laughs> but um, but thanks for having me on. It's definitely an honor and a privilege. You have an amazing story, too. I've been looking into it and stuff. But, you know, my story, um, I mean, I, I guess it's pretty much like everybody else's story. You know, we all have a mess. And when you harness that, it becomes your message, right? Very similar right. to your podcast. Um, but currently where I'm at, I'm a certified transformation trainer. Think Tony Robbins on a more intimate scale. Um, I've been doing seminars for the last five years, on average 175 days um, out of the, the year, in a live room, making people cry. I know that sounds kind of weird, but... <laughs> in a good way. Getting people to process their pain, their trauma, their historical limitations, and kind of changing that into something that's more empowering in a way that they experience it versus just something that cerebrally they understand. Right. And where we met, you know, thanks to COVID... Um, you know, I started doing something called rumble boxing. It's always been a dream of mine. You know, I love boxing. Martial arts has changed my life. Fitness changed my life. And, you know, for me to be able to curate that experience for other people, it's been such a pleasure for me. And that's why I do what I do. That's amazing. And I feel like when I meet people like yourself who have those stories or who have those stories and are now using them for a purpose, you can actually feel it in them. And I get very inspired when I meet someone like that because I'm like, oh, you get it. Like you've been through it and you're utilizing it and you're not sitting in, any, sitting in it anymore. And you've actually found a way to repurpose that and rephrase what you've been through and not just play the victim in your own life. And yeah. you've used it and now you're standing on it as a platform to help other people. Well, they say real recognize real. So you're able to see that because that's what you're doing too. 100%. So. And that's what was kind of cool too, because the podcast originally just started with a way for me to do something for myself. But then I realized that the people I was bringing on were actually helping me heal 
And by sharing those stories, it was like a cyclical effect. And we would end the podcast and we'd have this like great energy in the room. And I'm like, wow, we both leave feeling so inspired and yeah. and and more just healed than the moment that we walked in here. I mean, as human beings, you know, we're very tribal by nature. We're very community based. Somewhere down the line, you know, our ability to communicate has gotten better, right? We can talk to people across the world, but we connect very, very, you know, we connect less. We can communicate more, but connect less. And, you know, one of the biggest things I believe is that pain shared is pain divided. So when you get together with people, not in the traditional trauma bonding experience where you're sharing trauma in the Mm -hmm. victim sense, but in empowering sense, like one, you learn something new, but two, you also empower each other and remind each other of different things. And that's huge too, because I feel like a lot of people do get stuck in that trauma bonding stage where it's just to like keep resonating in that painful experience. And it's kind of natural, like especially right after you've experienced something super traumatic, you just want to like talk and talk and talk about it and ruminate on it. But at some point you have to get out of your own way and be like, okay, I can't do this anymore. There's not going to be anything positive that comes from it. What are we going to take and do with this to actually elevate ourselves? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to hear a little bit about how you got into your transformation because that was like the first and foremost thing that got me was you said you lost an insane amount of weight. Yeah. So, so, so to be completely transparent, like I'm still discovering myself and all these different things because you know I'm pretty sure you can relate and a lot of the viewers can relate even though you go through these transformations a lot of times you still look at yourself for how you used to be right so my story like growing up like I was not the smart Asian kid I didn't get good grades I didn't go to a good school like I was the the nerdy geeky Asian kid that watched anime running to class with his hands out like Naruto <laughs> bullied and picked on yeah that, that's how they laughed at me too just like that <laughs> I was laughing because Megan loves anime and I see her and she's like yes <laughs> well Megan's cool right Megan- Shout out to cool. Megan. <laughs> I feel like I was born in the wrong generation too. Like that, like I'm like the coolest uncle to all my nieces and nephews because that's what they're into. And I'm just like, man, I got bullied for this. But yeah, so I was like bullied. Um, and you know, growing up was very difficult for me because I, I have I'm on the spectrum of autism, high functioning. I don't understand social cues. I don't understand sarcasm. And like I'm super gullible. Half the time when I'm just like nodding my head smiling is because I have no idea what's going on. You know, if you ever hang out with me and you see me like disappear into my phone, it's, I'm not trying to be rude or, or anything like that. It's just I don't know how to process what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so when I graduated high school, I said, man, like I don't want to be this person anymore. I want something different. I want to change my life. I had these goals, these dreams, just didn't really know how to do it because my whole entire life you're taught, especially in an Asian household, go to school, get good grades, you know, go to a good college. And so it's kind of like Ryan Reynolds um, from that movie Best Friends. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever seen I that. Haven't. So he was like super fat. He was like in love with this girl and like he was like her friend and he was left high school so mad. He's like, I'm going to change my life. And my motivation was to get super attractive, get the hottest girls, drive the nicest cars. So I was like, yo, young high school kid. Right. And so um, I was recruited into the sales and marketing company. Actually, not really recruited. I recruited myself because they didn't want to invite me because they thought um, I would be a liability more than an asset. And so when I went there, though, the speaker on stage, very similar, not very similar story, but had a trauma story, right? Grew up with no dad, um, you know, lived in his car with his mom. His mom would park her car in Irvine so he can go to Irvine High School. And he went on to make like $40,000 a month. And he shared some things in there that kind of opened me up. He said, number one, your mind's like a parachute only works if it's open. And that kind of opened my eyes. I was like, man, how many things I'm closed off to because of what I know? And the second thing he says, you can be, do, have whatever it is you want as long as you're willing to learn it all, you're willing to do it all. Mm-hmm. So I got involved because of the personal growth. Five years, I didn't make any money. I went to a seminar and that's when I kind of learned the secret where it's not what you do, it's who you are. Like how you show up, 
you know, coats and filters the actions that you take to create the results. I went there for business and my life changed. I made millions of dollars, built organizations all around the world. But once I got there, I was actually more depressed than I was prior to money. You know, Eckhart Tolle says that, you know, the two biggest pains, number one is not getting what you want. And that's one thing we can all relate to. Number two is getting what you want. And you're like, why is that painful? Because you have all these expectations that once you get there, especially money, that everything's going to change. But whatever you don't work on internally, nothing externally will change that. And so I was, because of that, I was, you know, 210 pounds. Um, you know, I was in an emotionally abusive relationship because I believe that was the love I deserved. Um, completely not happy. I mean, I'm speaking on stage. After stage, people are like, I love you. You changed my life. But then I go to my hotel room feeling so alone by myself. Like, do they really care about me? Or is it just because of, you know, what I say on stage, all these different things? And so I left that industry because I wanted something more. I got involved in the transformation, found mentors, and realized that it's about blending the different areas of your life. And it changed my life in such a way I wanted to do that for other people. So for the last six years, I've been running different seminars, helping people, you know, helping thousands of people lose hundreds of pounds, um, getting connected to God or whatever God is for them, mm-hmm. you know, connecting with their confidence, getting out of relationships they shouldn't be in, getting into relationships they want to be in, or even strengthening the relationships with their family that they already have. And, you know, by default, also their income and their lifestyle. And so that's kind of my story. Um, Rumble played a part in that because at my darkest moments, you want an outlet, right? And fitness is one of the best things because when you push yourself physically, you also expand emotionally, mentally, and, and you know, all that good stuff. And it was always on my dream board. And then COVID happened. And then I moved to Vegas. I saw a post. And to be honest, like, you look at all the other instructors that we have. We have people that were former Circle um, you know, performers. We have people that have done group fitness for years. You know, all these different people, these accolades. And here I am, like no real, nothing in fitness. And I just applied, you know, well, can I cuss? Is that okay? Yes. Yeah, I applied <laughs> for, for shits and giggles. <laughs> and lo and behold, I kept going through the audition process. And now I get to recreate that experience for people that, that changed my life so much. Right. That's awesome. And it's so incredible to hear other stories when somebody was kind of given a hint of what they should do and they followed that. I mean, I don't know how I wound up here sometimes. Yeah. I was given a little bit of a hint of it. I, When I moved out of my own abusive relationship, the apartment complex I moved into had a podcast studio and I had just been talking about it. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. And so yeah. I just kind of started dabbling into it. And then I wound up in here because somebody sought me out for their podcast. And I'm like, why do these things keep showing up? And it's very, very apparent that if you are more in tune with yourself, like what you're talking about with what you do for your transformational clients, you get more in touch with yourself through things like fitness, through things like self-development. And then you really start being more aware of the signs that are getting thrown at you on what you need to follow. Absolutely. And as I'm saying this, I'm like, yeah, Christina, why don't you listen to yourself? Why haven't you been in here in a few months? (laughs) And I mean, it is easy to get distracted. I'm sure there's no path to self-development that's linear. Like we Mm -hmm. all kind of go through these ups and downs of having these like self-sabotaging moments or like self-limiting beliefs and things like that. But that's the whole purpose of the journey of finding yourself and kind of going back to your roots. And it's something that everybody goes through. You know what I mean? Because the challenge of being like a peak performer, someone like yourself, who's always achieving the next mountain. Well, the thing about that is once you reach that mountain, you know there's another mountain. Yeah. And you're constantly comparing where you should be at. So in your mind, you think it's not enough. And so like the key to that is just looking back at how far you've grown, experiencing that gratitude and letting that catapult you forward. Right. I forget who mentioned it to me, but they were saying something like you can't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. And that kind of reminds me of that because 
I have to, rem- I literally have to remind myself of that all the time because I'll keep thinking like that and yeah. I'll look back and I'm like, shit, I'm not f- as far as long as I should be. And I'm like, wait, what's should be anyway. Yeah. And, but you can really get in your own head about that. And that's a lot of the times why people get stuck in their own journeys or they halt their progress because they're getting in their own way. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about self-development coaching that I fell in love with. I never in a million years thought I would be helping other people. And now I have people coming to me where I was like, oh my God, what do I do? Like, why are they, why are they coming to me? But then you start realizing that you've been sharing something that's been helping other people and you have to run with that. Isn't that crazy though? You show up a certain way and then they go, I need your help. And you're like, how am I going to help them? But it's really just keep doing what you've been doing. Yeah. Because that's what brought them to you in the first place. It actually started during COVID too, because when COVID first hit, I was bartending and doing hair, which obviously those two things were just like a no-go completely. So I lost both my jobs and I had just gotten certified as a personal trainer, but I wasn't really doing anything with it. And I realized that the few online coaching clients that I had were really struggling mentally. So I started doing Zoom calls with them. Once a week, we would just jump on and just talk about like the daily COVID struggle, like what's going on? How can we be better? And I started inviting more and more people into this group. And then it started growing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they want to talk more about like how to fix their lifestyles. And they actually want to talk about their macros or their their, like home workout. And I'm like, okay, there's something here. And that's kind of how it continued happening. And they will never know this, but at that time, I was the most depressed and anxious I had ever been in my life. That was at the peak of my emotionally abusive relationship. And I'm trying to help others when I'm like, who the fuck am I to be doing this when I feel like I was just like falling apart on the inside? Yeah. You know what I mean? But that just kind of goes hand in hand with what we talk about. Like your purpose can kind of come from like the things that you've gone through and now you're just passing it along yeah yeah and then you know what stops most people from getting started is they feel like they don't they don't know everything they need to right but you know in the land of the blind the one-eyed man is king and it's just like you have knowledge you might not be an expert but you have knowledge that other people don't have and people are missing out when you don't share that right you know we look at it like it's kind of like a barber right every barber is like trying to compete who has the best fade but to a client, they don't really know the difference, right? How nice, if they know what a great fade is, but they don't know the difference as experts. Right. And sometimes we forget, like, who are we servicing, right? Who are we showing up for? Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing, too, is I think that, at least I can speak for myself, I wanted to try and get as many clients as possible. Or I wanted to appeal to as many clients as possible. But then I realized that the right clients will find the right coach because yeah. there's not a certain coach for everyone. Yeah. And who winds up in your like circle needed you specifically. Absolutely. It's not that they needed a, a generalization, a gen- general, generalized coach, but they liked your story. They liked what you had to say, something about what you did inspired them. And that's why they're here. And that's yeah. so important. And I think that's actually what makes it a little bit more intimate and beautiful is that they found something in you. I mean, that's kind of how I felt my first mentor. I really enjoyed her story and I knew she was going to be the one to help me. And yeah. she was. I don't know if anybody could have done it like her because we resonated in some in some wonderful way. And that's exactly what your clients, the people follow you, feel about you. Yeah. And it's just hard that. when you sit there. Yeah. You yeah. forget it because it's like, really? Like I'm that person to someone else, but you never know. Even, you know, I, I say this to a few like influencer friends who think the same thing. And I'm like, you have no idea who's watching you. Yeah. Like you just showing up is probably so inspiring for somebody who doesn't know how to show up for themselves. Absolutely. And there's a lot of people I think that get stuck in not just like abusive relationships, but just abusive situations in general that kind of like lose their sense of self who don't know how to like find it again. Yeah. And it's really beautiful to start seeing someone actually like kind of chip away at that and, yeah. and pull themselves out of it. And I find that a lot in fitness. And I think that's why fitness 
sticks with me so much and has a special place in my heart because it's like a the building blocks. Absolutely. They say if you can change your body, you can change anything. And the th- great thing about fitness is it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care mm-hmm. how much money you have. It doesn't care what your ethnicity is, what your sexual orientation is. All it cares about an effort. Right. And when you put in that effort, you get what you want. And that translates to everything else. Right. So how would you describe like your typical transformation client that comes to you that you need to help or um, that not need to help, but that wants your help that is ready to kind of trans- transform? Do they show up to you scared? Do they show up to you with, you know, self-deprecating statements about themselves? There's there's different kinds. So like we do everything in a group setting as a seminar on average, like 50 to 100 people. Um, but they're invited by somebody else. We don't do marketing or anything like that. So someone has a great experience. They recommend a friend just because, you know, people buy into friendship and it's more real that way. Mm-hmm. But we have people that come in. Some are ready to change. They're like, I'm ready. Some have some are so like personal development junkied out where they finish your sentences before you even say it. Mm-hmm. But it's like the music doesn't now the lyrics don't match the song. Right. So you got to work with them to break down those barriers. There's some that's so resistant because they want it so bad. They don't want to be disappointed. They don't want to be let down. So they mask that, you know what I mean, by being, you know, skeptical or negative. And then there's some people that are just literally like destroyed and this is their mm-hmm. last hope. Like I've had some people that literally share with me after after like a three day seminar. They're like, Man, like I tried to kill myself two days ago. Wow. And then like, you know, my friend just pushed me to go and I showed up. And again, it's like what you say, you just never know what battles people are fighting. And it's so important to show up because that one thing that you say can make a difference. For you, it's a job. But it could literally them, save someone's life. It can save someone's life. Absolutely. Yeah, as simple as that. That's that's crazy yeah. to think about. And especially with mental health being such an overlooked topic, I think it's becoming more and more talked about ever yeah. since. I don't know if COVID was what like kind of lifted that but i feel like it's becoming people are becoming more aware of more it open-minded. they're not looking at it like oh there's something wrong with them it's something that we all have that we got right prioritize. and yeah. everyone really should take a big look into their own mental health and those of the mental the mental health of those around them because like you said no one really understands what people are going through yeah. and especially for men and this is another thing that i really wanted to start talking about on here because i talked a lot about women's mental health and things that like i've experienced as a woman on this podcast but one huge thing is men's mental health is it's crazy. It's it, yeah. not crazy, but it's crazy to think that that is even less talked about than mental health in general. And I do, and I'm I'm sure there's part of it as like a generational thing. Where how old are you? Thirty four. Okay, I'm thirty four too. So our parents, at least from what I know, I didn't have any brothers, but from all the guy friends that I have, they're all like we were kind of told to sit down and shut up and don't feel your feelings, kind of thing. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's crazy. You know, we have history to blame for that. Like it's, you it's know, generational. How America started was an agrarian culture, which is farming and stuff, right? So you had the dad who every morning would wake up, wake up the son, they would go do things on the farm together, show them hard work, show them responsibility, and show them how to be a man. More importantly, supported the the wife, right? right? The daughter would grow up seeing the dad taking responsibility, taking ownership, helping around. And it was a great dynamic. And at the same time, the men get to feel like the men because they're building their own kingdom, they're creating something. But then what ended up happening was the industrial age, right? And the industrial age was amazing because it provided us a lot. People came in, they said, hey, look, you don't always have a harvest. If you come and move into the city, you'll make more money, consistent money. You can provide more for your wife, you can provide more for your kids. It's, it's a great deal. But what ended up happening is now little Johnny doesn't have his dad waking him up every single morning, teaching responsibility, how to go into the market, how to negotiate, all these different things. And so now mom has to be dad too. And then so now mom plays both roles, right? And then it gets even further than World War II, I think it happened, the draft. 
Now all the men, so now all the kids don't have men to lead them because one, their dads are always working. Now there's a draft. They're taught, don't show emotion, sit down, emotions get you killed. Mm -hmm. And they came back with the war with that same mentality while the women had to fend for themselves. Now the women are like, well, we don't need men. Like we can do everything ourselves. And men are like, well, then what's my place? And that's right. what creates the dynamic that we have right now, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, it's gotten, it's gotten things a lot like, things are just lost yeah. in general. And you also, I've talked to a lot of women who are in that mentality too, not just from that, but because women have been hurt so, Absolutely. so, so much. And they get stuck in the victim mentality where they're like, well, I was hurt so bad. I'm never going to trust a man again. I'm never going to allow myself to allow someone to provide, provide for me again, because I just had everything ripped from me. And then they get hard and calloused and they lose their sense of femininity, yeah. which is just as toxic as toxic masculinity. Yeah. And now you have a bunch of people running around, not understanding actually how to have supportive relationship dynamics. Absolutely. And then you have people who are like so far feminist where it's like, it's aggressive. And yeah. that's also kind of harmful to the, to the like, it's about blending it. There's a place for both masculine energy and feminine energy yes. in both men and women. A hundred percent. I don't think, and you don't have to be like spiritual or like woo woo to like look into that. And I yeah. think that's a hard thing for guys sometimes to be like, Oh, well no, that's like, that's weird. And it's like, no, there, a woman will be feminine and be submissive and wonderful to you as a wife. If you can provide a space that makes her feel safe. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a, I think that's a conversation that people are like not ready for yeah. <laughs> both men and women. No, for sure. But it's put a little bit of a, a hard dynamic there. And this is why you see a lot of relationships failing and things like yeah. that. And um, like you were saying, you, when you get into like toxic places, you settle for what you think you deserve, Yeah, which is really hard. And I think it, it's, it's tougher for women too because women have a higher tolerance level than men, I believe. Mm -hmm. Men suffer in silence. They'll never complain. They'll never say anything. Mm -hmm. But I think like women just, I mean, I don't know if it's because they give birth or whatever it is, but their ability to take pain is so high that they stay around longer than they should. Right. And just because you can tolerate it doesn't mean you should, you know? Yeah. And that's something that I, I'm trying to talk more and more about because one thing that I realized about myself, which was kind of hard to say out loud for a very long time, was that I put up with way more than I ever should have. But I really wanted to in my mind give it fucking everything i possibly could yeah but that's also kind of toxic at some point when you're realizing that you're getting stepped all over and that you're getting pushed to limits you should never have to experience yeah so i as a woman had to think back and be like okay where is this coming from because it didn't just come from this relationship like there's something in you from your past that has taught you to be a people pleaser and it's taught yeah. you to like put up with a little bit of stuff you shouldn't put up with. So I had to take a deep dive back to that. But same with men. There is, there is, you know, places from their childhood or their generational trauma that has maybe made them the way they are. And you see the best relationships now coming from two people who are willing to do the work. Yeah. And that work's not pretty. And together. You and know, together, together. Collectively, it's it's huge. Um, you had mentioned that when you were going through your like weight loss journey and everything like that, you found yourself in an emotionally abusive relationship. Yeah, I mean, you know... I don't think anybody's necessarily good or bad. Mm -hmm. You know, our traumas make us do certain things. Yeah. When we're in survival. It's not the best. But, you know, I had one ex-girlfriend. I dated for five years. And literally every year she would cheat on me with a different guy. And in my mind, I'm like, well, it's because I'm not showing up. There's something wrong with me. And she would even tell me what's crazy. She would be like, it's not you. I'm just a bad person. I'm going to hurt you. I don't even know why you stay with me. But, you know, in my mind, under, you know, I'm like, well, she's just saying that because no one's ever loved her. No one's you know, yeah. showed up for her. She's pushing me away to see if I'm really going to stay, which, you know, there is some truth to that. But mm -hmm. that doesn't mean I, that's my responsibility either. Like if right. someone's not willing to change. Right. 
And so that was that emotionally abusive relationship. And then after that, you know, I dated somebody else and it was emotionally abusive in a different way, you know, um, and it comes from like her relationship with her dad not being there and stuff like that. So she had commitment issues and not just that, but like she didn't have the space to include other people in, Mm -hmm. you know, not selfish, but not really um, more self-absorbed because it's like I'm the victim. You got to cater to me, stuff like that. And so when I got out of that relationship, I was like, man, like this is ten a decade, two relationships, a whole decade. I don't want to be single, right? I want to be in a relationship, but this is where I got to take responsibility. Both girls completely different, but my experience in both of them exactly the same, how I felt like unappreciated, not good mm-hmm. enough, uh, my codependency. And so that's when I was like, I need to do some serious work because I'm attracting these people, these mm-hmm. situations, or I'm even creating these situations because of my filter. So, you know, I went out there, I got a therapist, I got different coaches because every coach needs a coach. 100%. And that's when I started like processing and I started realizing, man, this is not just romantic relationship. These are my business partners too. They're all the same. Either they're narcissists or, you know, they, they have some kind of borderline personality disorder, right? Or it's like, if times are good, you know, they want to attach to you. If times are bad, they push you away. It's a push pull. Right. And so I did a lot of work and, you know, it, it, it was crazy. And I got to a place where I was like, you know what? I'm okay with being single. Like kind of like Barney from How I Met Your Mother. I was like, you know, if I'm just a single father and I have like a daughter that I love, that's the only girl that I need, you know what I mean? And it, it, was, it was crazy. And when I finally said, you know what? I'm good. I don't need a relationship. I'm cool being single. That's when I met my fiance the week later. It's always like that. And, and I was just like, man, you know, but I, I, I love it. I love every step of the way. Now, do you ever find like when you started getting into healthy relationships again or this healthy relationship, do you ever feel like things pop up from your past? Not situations, but feelings yeah. of and how do you kind of go about that? Because one thing I realize is like there is a big healing process that comes with getting over traumatic relationships, traumatic breakups, betrayals, things like that. But people don't talk as much about like the hardships of actually getting into a healthy relationship yeah. once you've kind of cleared out all that toxicity from yourself as your person and also what you went through Well, what's crazy is that what they don't tell you is that the healthy relationship after the toxic one is actually more difficult than the toxic one Mm -hmm. because like you said like you have these filters like ptsd you're traumatized right and so one of the biggest things that was for me is like very fortunate to have a partner that i have is being able to openly communicate instead of making assumptions, you know, just saying, hey, the story that I'm making up is this, this is how I'm feeling. I know it's not you, mm-hmm. but I'm just bringing it up because I just need support. Right. But doing it away, not being a victim either. Because, right. Because, you know, women want men to be able to lead them too so they can feel safe. Right. And just the way you said that alone did not sound like def- it didn't sound like you were coming at it at any kind of like way with like assumptions or defense. You're just yeah. like, hey, this is what's going on. Can, can we chat about this so yeah. you understand what I'm going through and we can just kind of or like... Or just making a simple request like, hey, I'm not feeling so good right now. Like, can you just give me a hug? Is that okay? Like, yeah. Like, no person that loves you is going to be like, no, you're weird. Stop being so sensitive. And if I mean, actually, there do... are some people that do, <laughs> but that's, that's a red flag, you know? Yes. But again, it's like... nothing's really black and white it's also like again how do you approach a situation and how do you show up it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. what you say it's how you say it right and both people have to be willing to do that too that was one thing um if you're ever in a position where you feel like someone's like making you suppress your emotions or like making you feel crazy for feeling a certain kind of way and you're not and you find yourself scared to express yourself to your partner that is like a recipe for disaster yeah it's like uh it's gaslighting yeah it's i didn't even know what that term was for a long time and when i got told about what that was through my first spout of therapy i was like oh my god like 
I didn't realize like how much that was happening in my in yeah. my life. Um, and it really does make you have issues. It makes you think you're crazy. It makes you think you're crazy. And I wasn't. I didn't realize how serious it was until my therapist at my worst moments told me, Christina, you have complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And I didn't they, fight in no war. I didn't yeah, lose an arm. Well, that's your first thought. Yeah. And they explain how complex PTSD can come from little small things over yeah. time, especially when you're kind of almost conditioned to believe that what you feel and what you think is wrong. It's like your, your reality is denied. And that makes you lose a sense of self. Yeah, for sure. It really, really does. And that's that's the kind of thing I wanted to point out about that because when you lose your sense of self, that has a domino effect onto every other part of your life. Just like you were saying with the people and places you surround yourself with, like there is a foundation that if you can change that foundation, you can better parts of your life. But if you also have that kind of like negative seed in your life, it can have a contagious effect on for everything sure. else. Yeah, your environment so, plays a huge important role, especially if you're not like mentally strong enough yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Choosing the correct environment, being with the right person, being around the right people. It's so important. Right. I mean, that goes down to your job every yeah. every single thing. I had to do a big, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? I had to really self-examine a lot of the things that were in my life. You had to audit your life. Audit. That's the yeah. word. Yes. I had to audit my life. And I always encourage a lot of my clients to do that as well when they're trying to figure out why they're not feeling motivated, why they're not able to do something. Because they can give me all the reasons in the world about like why they can't do this, can't do that. And we'll sit there and we'll break down their lifestyles to them. Yeah. Where their time management skills are, like what the things that they're prioritizing over things that really need the priority are. And when you can actually break it down for them and they're like, well, I don't really have any excuses left, left except yeah. for the way that I feel about myself. That's when you have to turn inward and realize like the way you're talking to yourself, the people that you're around. Yeah. You know, even I had clients who just had bad roommate situations and it was so toxic that it was affecting their entire life. Yeah, no, for sure. And once they move, I'm like, oh, wow, don't you find yourself getting up earlier and now you're yeah. actually excited for your day? You, you feel like uh, you're, you're, you're pulled in the direction that you want to go versus having to be pushed. Yeah. And you're not having anyone stomp all over like the good things that you want to do because, you know, you can have a roommate, for instance, that's giving you shit about yeah. being on a diet plan. But if you're out drinking every weekend, they're not telling you to stop. Yeah. They're like, oh, where's the party? You know what I mean? Well, number one, surround yourself with people that clap for you when you win. Because if you have friends mm -hmm. and you share good news with and like they're not excited for you, that's that's some self-reflection that you got to do too. Yeah, that's for sure. And I'm kind of going back to what you said about like when you realize that you were kind of attracting those kinds of like toxic relationships everywhere. I had to really think back to and I had bosses that were all narcissistic like yeah. from salons I worked in some even some friendships and I'm like why was I attracting all of these kinds of people yeah and then once I kind of did that work to get out of it I realized the people who I started attracting back into my life were good solid people who want everyone to win so that's why auditing is so important I Absolutely. feel like because we only have so much energy to give yeah and we got to look at our situation from our diet to our even our vices to our habits, it's like, are they giving us energy or taking energy away? Yeah. And if it's not pushing you closer to your goals, it's like, how important are your goals for you then? I know, 100%. And, and sometimes, you know, elevation requires separation. Like, your friends mean well, right? They mm -hmm. might not understand your lifestyle, your diet. But if you're serious about your goals, there might be some times where you need some time apart from them to get to where you want to go. So now they can see the results are worth it and they don't say the same thing. Now they're asking you how you did it. Yeah, and it's, um, it's very hard to sit with yourself. It's yeah. very, very hard to sit with yourself. And I realized for the first time in my life that I had to do that because one of my issues when I stem back to my childhood is abandonment. And it's a little bit of codependency from some narcissistic traumatic relationships that I've been in both with my stepdad and both with my ex. And when I finally got on my own, I was like, this is so fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. 
But I'm like, okay, don't like you. This is where you don't go searching to make yourself comfortable. You literally sit with those feelings and you figure out why it is. Because once you figure that out, like you said, your friends and family who mean a lot to you will understand why you've separated yourself to figure yourself out. Yeah. And you'll be able to look at things from like a clear lens and not just sugarcoat things or mend yourself with vices. Yeah. Because that literally will just kind of keep you in this. It's like if you have knee pain and you take like painkillers, your knee's not better. You're just no, masking. You haven't it worse. rehabbed it at yeah. all. You have to like rehab yourself. And that's, I, it's crazy because I never, I never thought I could feel better. I never thought I could feel better. I thought it was going to be, you're going to feel worse and worse and worse and worse. And it got so bad that I'm like, I never even imagined myself feeling this bad before. Like, yeah. what the fuck am I going to do? And I had one of those moments that was like, kind of like how you were telling me earlier about when you realize you're like, I need to lose weight. Like that was like your, your moment to like kick yeah. yourself into gear. I was so depressed and I'm like, I can't feel like this anymore. Yeah. Like I do not want to wake up every point. single day. Yeah. It was a complete breaking point and it was so ugly to me. My uh, panic attacks were becoming so bad that I was like having short-term memory loss. I like, yeah. I was literally on my floor, like not being able to get up. Like you it's, either forget to eat or you eat too much. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Even my coach who does my, uh, my competition coach was like, your body is not responding. Yeah. And it was so weird because I was getting really skinny, but my abdomen was like swollen. And he's like, your stress is through the roof. And I'm like, how do I, how do I yeah. fix this? Like, this is crazy. I don't know what to do. And that was when all the mentors came in, the therapy came in and whatever. And I really had to work on myself because I'm like, nothing's going to get better in my job, in my relationships, in my friendships, in anything until I fix myself internally. Yeah, And then now, like looking back on it, I'm like, I'm so glad I did it because I never thought I could be this happy. Yeah. It's crazy that you say that. I got chills because like after my last relationship, I was so depressed. Like I remember I was, I was driving home on PCH because I, I grew up in California. Driving PCH is pitch black. You look to the right, it's scary because it's like the ocean mm -hmm. and you can't see nothing. And I just had this thought. I was like, man, if I just drive off this cliff, it'll all be over. Mm. And then I was just like, wait, like. This isn't me. I don't You're think like, like why this. is this thought even crossing my mind? And that's when mind. I was like, I need, I need to lean into this and I need to shift it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Man, that's crazy. I, I, not exactly that thought, but I was, I was finding myself running red lights a lot. And I'm like, what the, f like, why am I not paying attention? Like, why am I not present? Like, this is scary that I can't even like, I would forget where I was going, things like yeah. that. And yeah, I'm, it's, it's nice to hear someone share that too, because I know people are very scared sometimes to share where they've gotten to what their rock bottom looks like, yeah. because it can look different for everybody, Absolutely. but it's literally from that point where you can actually rebuild. And so rock bottom is like not a bad place to be as long as you don't stay there, but you can actually like rebuild yeah. yourself stronger. So that's Absolutely. really freaking cool to see that that's where you're at now. Um, now, what would you, if somebody came to you, what's your first advice you give them as far as like, Hey, Julian, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. Um, I'm feeling like I can't do this anymore. What do I need to do to change my life? Damn, that's so vague. It's well, what about, uh, let's, let's, uh, go more so on like the fitness aspect of it all. Okay. Well, I mean, kind of the same answer for, for both the ones as like, well, number one, don't look for a home run. I think today everybody feels like every major step they, they take needs to be huge, mm -hmm. right? Like if I want to lose weight, I got to go on this dramatic, you know, diet, right? I did that, you know, the the master cleanse where you don't eat for 30 days. You drink water, honey, Holy and lemon. Shit. Yeah, I did that for 30 <laughs> days. Um, I did drop 30 pounds, but I'm not, don't do that, okay? But it's not sustainable, right? Mm -hmm. And people are chasing that. But the challenge is, is that even if you get what you want, you can't reproduce the results because it's not sustainable. I tell everybody, you know, how are baseball games won? 
simply getting on base. It's not about hitting home runs. It's simply getting on base. So if you want to, you know, if it's fitness, you want to lose weight, like you don't necessarily have to jump into some crazy workout plan or diet that's extreme for you right now. Mm-hmm. Do something simple. Maybe walk, maybe walk for 45 minutes, right? Until it gets easier. Maybe cut out like sugar or whatever it is. Take the small steps to create that momentum to make that big push. Right. And the cool thing is once you start seeing the results, you get more invested in taking it seriously. Yeah, it's those little small steps that yeah. add up for sure. So what small steps can you take right now that's not intimidating? That's still a stretch, not something that you're going to do anyways because you don't grow from that. Mm-hmm. It's something that was within reach, but you still have to reach for it, but yeah. not in a realm of fantasy. Right. That also builds your confidence levels too. Yeah. I feel like doing something that you are scared of or you didn't think you can do will build that self-confidence. And yeah. over time, that builds you into a more confident person, which allows you to take the bigger yeah. the bigger jumps. And I, I say that all the time in the Rumble class. It's like confidence doesn't come from doing doing what's comfortable it comes from overcoming the things that you thought you couldn't do yeah so celebrate the progress over perfection you know what i mean take the simple steps like you know like you said earlier you can't compare someone else's chapter 20 to your chapter one but you can celebrate your milestones as you move along right that's awesome and i think as well when you mentioned about you know surrounding yourself with people who want to clap for you and do those things they're going to help you along the way for sure do those and if you don't have those people that's when hiring a coach or going into some kind of seminar or group setting in general to find people people who are more like you is going to be amazing. I mean, even coming to like, let's say a rumble class and not having a support system, you're going to meet somebody in a class that is on your same level because they're doing the same things that you're doing. Yeah. That's like the best advice I can give someone for like getting out of toxic situations. Yeah, go and to want, Rumble. That's the go, best advice. Go to Rumble. But also just change your change your environments, change your people that you're around. And if you don't have any of those people in your close circle, go meet them because they're they're out there. And I mean something that it's kind of hard to say for people sometimes. It's like what I tell people, if they want to change their life, you, you know, your circle is so important. You either mm-hmm. got to change your friends or change your friends. And yeah. <laughs> oftentimes you're not mentally or emotionally equipped to change your friends. And they need that example that you're that's possible. And they're mm-hmm. going to get that from you. So you might need a new you know, group of people to surround yourself with to make that difference. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all of this. I really enjoyed hearing your story and it's been very inspiring and I'm glad you took the time today to share all of it. Um, For those of you who do not know Julian, I'm going to drop his Instagram info below here on the screen. There it is. Um, What times do you teach at Rumble for those of you who are in, or for those viewers who are in the Vegas area? So um, right now, if you're in the Vegas area, um, I teach 7.30 on Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. On Thursdays, I teach 6 a.m. And I also teach 6.30 p.m. Fridays, 12 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. Tuesday night is the most lit class. It's usually um, almost full capacity. Um, so if you can go to any class, I say Tuesday night, Thursday's cool too. Um, you know, Thursday night's a little bit more intimate. So mm-hmm. we get to run one side and stuff like that. We're building it up, but any class you go to, is going to be a great class. Yeah. You don't even have to come to my class, although I highly recommend it, but we have so <laughs> many great trainers, so many, you know, great people, different backgrounds, find the one you vibe with and it's going to be a good time. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, I will be there. Um, thank you guys for tuning in again. If you have any questions for myself or Julian, please feel free to reach out. And once again, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Fearless As Fuck podcast. It is my intention to continue to bring you uplifting, empowering, and overall inspiring interviews to help you continue to thrive and truly understand how to step into your power just like I did. I am so honored you have taken the time to listen and I'd love to connect with each and every one of you. Don't forget, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube at Christina.Lauren and at the Fearless AF podcast. 
and on YouTube, you can search Christina Lauren, The Fearless Collective. Don't forget to subscribe and share and leave a review. I would love to know what you guys think of the podcast and also some thoughts on topics you would like me to cover and guests you would like to see on the Fearless as Fuck podcast. I'll see you next time.